process. Hello, hello, welcome back. This is Robert, I'm the Recovery Guy, and welcome to Thursday, and this is The Checkup. Thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes and joining me, whether uh, you're grabbing this podcast as soon as uh, Juan um, loads it on one of our many channels, or if you're saving it for the next day, driving into work, or uh, however you are accessing this, and whenever you're accessing this. I'm just grateful uh, that you are, you know, bringing content and material, you know, as a person of recovery uh, does so much for me. And I, and I really hope that it does a lot for you as well. The the things that we try to share, you know, they're, I, I want them to be relevant and practical uh, with an application that you can take. And it doesn't always have to be the, the whole thing. Uh, sometimes it can just be a bite of one thing and a bite of another, something that you can incorporate uh, into your recovery. Uh, try it on. See if it fits. See if it works. Uh, I can't tell you how many things over my 33 plus years that I have taken from others to see if we're a good fit. Uh, sometimes we are. Sometimes we aren't. But I always like to try because you never know uh, what may work. And the last thing I want to be guilty of is uh, setting something aside or not assigning value to it because it's unfamiliar with me or I might not care for the person who's delivering the message. So I ignore the message because I'm not seeing past them. I've been guilty of that uh, on more than one occasion. I'm so glad that I know that that is something that I need to work through that I went back and examined their material one more time. And very often, I've taken some of the, the nuggets and the information, and I've, I've adjusted it so the application works best for me in my life. And then, of course, I've utilized it, and, and it's been a pleasure uh, to grow through that. You know, um, Bill Wilson uh, and and others, as they wrote the big book, one of the things that Bill said is contempt prior to investigation is a bar against all information and will lead to everlasting ignorance. You know, one of the great tools that we have in recovery today, and it certainly is not going to play replace the meeting or the one-on-one contact contact that we need with others. But it, but it serves a great purpose, and that is social media. Uh, I am so fortunate uh, between uh, my Facebook page, my website, uh, Instagram, to really meet some pretty fabulous people. And we share recovery ideas and, and how to help sharpen our saw, as it were, so we can grow from the inside out. And I had a conversation with... Uh, one of my friends, and her name is Angie T, and and uh, just a dynamic, exciting person, and she's back in school, got her degree, and really doing an amazing job, not only in her recovered life, but her personal life as well, and and it's so encouraging to uh, to be 
uh, her friend and to have a part in, in her growth. And uh, we were chatting the other day and I said, you know, Angie, let me, let me, let me pick your brain a little bit. If, if there was something you wanted me to share on uh, and to bring our listeners into um, your thinking, but maybe relevant to others as well, what would that sound like, Angie? And she messaged me back just a short time later and she said, you know, stagnation. I, I want to learn more about being stagnant because I'm sort of caught there sometimes and I'm not really sure how I got here and I'm really not even sure when I'm in and when I'm out because sometimes it just sort of feels the same. And then once I identify that I am being stagnant, how do I get out of it? <laughs> And I, and I thought, you're brilliant. You know, what, a, what an amazing topic because who of us in life, let alone recovery, hasn't gotten stagnant before where we just are just sort of motionless. We seem to be doing something, but we're not going anywhere, right? Zig Ziglar will say something like to mistake activity for accomplishment, right? And we, we sort of just end up there and, you know, we're not using, we're not drinking, we're not going off the rails in any way, but we know we're not growing. We know we're not nearly as effective to others that we would like to be. We, we don't have that same energy that we had before. And I just was wondering, have you, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that you just need to get the ball moving again and get that energy back, that recommitment, that excitement. You know, I I remember I was about three or, or four years sober and I started to get a little bit divided and, and off some of my main recovery material. And I just didn't feel like I was growing in the area of relationships. And they were just sort of there but they weren't bringing me any energy. And some of it was, you know, I was a newlywed. Uh, you know, Laura and I have been married over 30 years now, but Laura's my third wife. And and I could get complacent in, in an interpersonal relationship. And, and I know I was getting complacent uh, where I was working. I wasn't really happy. It was starting to get a little stagnant there and not the energy I used to have when I first got to that position. And and, and I realized, you know, I need to do more, but I needed to figure out how I got there first so I didn't uh, stand the chance of going back once I started to get out of that stagnation. And so I'm sure in your own experience, you can relate. Uh, there's some great work out there, and I'll just mention one. There is a, a German-American uh, uh psychologist. He was actually a developmental psychologist and psychoanalyst. And he's really known for his theory on um, psychological development of humans. And his name is Eric Erickson. And if you really want to dig a little bit deeper into his eight stages, uh, I would recommend that you Google it, that you pick up a, a copy of some of his work and, and take a look at that. Um, Let's go ahead and jump into stagnation now, and we're going to define it and see where it fits, and, and then we're going to talk about 
how to identify it and, and, and get out of it. So what is stagnation? And I always love going to, you know, dictionary.com, uh, webster.com, but here it is. Stagnation is the state of being still or not moving like a sitting puddle of water where stagnation attracts mosquitoes. And it says here, the root of stagnation is the Latin word for standing water, stagnatum. The root of stagnation is the Latin word for standing water. You know, I love the depth of and description of stagnation uh, because it really paints a, a picture that we can all see and, and all relate to. Uh, stagnation refers to the failure to find a way to contribute. You know, one of the things that Angie and I were chatting about in, in terms of uh, stagnation, and we were having a little discussion back and forth about it as I was developing this podcast. And one of the things I suggested that we can do when we're feeling stagnant is to get more involved in helping others. And I think that gets me out of that feeling of not being very useful. And even if I've got to force it, you know, that, hey, fake it till you make it is good because you're going to make it, right? So sometimes we just have to go through the motions because we know it's about doing the right thing, whether we feel it or not. But I like where it says the failure to find a way to contribute. So if I find a way to contribute, does that mean that I'm removed from that stagnation and I get that water to flow? Probably does. It, it also goes on to say that these individuals, these people feeling stagnation, may feel disconnected or, or uninvolved within their community uh, and with society as a whole. Do you ever go to a meeting and there's people there, you know, if you go to the meeting on a regular basis, you kind of know them. Um, and uh, some of them you know very well. And yet you just feel a sense of uh, disconnect, Right that there's not that emotional like going on. There's not that connection that you feel that makes you feel good about that relationship. And we're all, we're all susceptible to this. Uh, I know in, in my life, sometimes I don't feel like going to a meeting or being involved in a particular activity because something with me is not clicking the way I, I want it to click. So I just sort of sit back and, I, and I, I don't go, or if I do go, I don't give what I normally give because of that lack of connection. You know, I heard a long time ago, early in, in my recovery, this was back in probably the late 80s. And I heard a talk on this person who was talking about recovery, and they talked about a rut, R-U-T, a rut. They, 
they called a rut a grave with both ends kicked out, right? A grave. A rut is a grave with both ends kicked out. And if we don't walk out of the rut, we're going to die there. And I realized as I was putting this together and that thought came back to mind of what a rut is, I realized that a rut is very often a result of stagnation. And it's a, a habit um, or a pattern of behavior where what I'm doing in my life has become dull and, and, and unproductive. And quite frankly, it is very hard to change getting out of a rut. But I realized that getting in a rut is a result of my stagnation. So what do we do when we find ourselves stagnant? You know, and we all get there. I don't, I don't know of a person who's alive and honest with themselves and subsequently us that wouldn't say that every now and then you just get in a funk, just get in a rut. We just get stagnated. Sometimes we just get stuck, right? So when we, when we know that, and sometimes it kind of takes the honesty um, of truly objective thinking with regard to ourself. And I had to learn this as well. You know, sometimes uh, when, when, when you're early on in recovery, it's okay to admit that you're wrong because we're newcomers, right? A year, two years, three years, four years, it's still okay, you know. But then you get into 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 plus years. Are we still going to admit that we get stagnant? Or are we more concerned with how it might look to others if we do admit that, yes, we are human, we're not bulletproof, we just have developed some strategies and techniques to identify things like stagnation so we don't have to stay there as long. We can maybe be even a little productive while we're there, and we have a, a way of getting out sooner rather than later. But to say that these things don't occur could be very dangerous for a person, especially with a lot of time uh, under their belt. So how do we get out of the rut and subsequently reverse the stagnation? Let's talk about that for the time that we have left today. You might want to write these down. You might want to come back and revisit this podcast. Um, I'm going to cover six points that um, might help you out. I know they help me out. So let's let, let's go. Let's let's tackle this thing so we can help each other overcome the challenge of stagnation. First of all, decide 
we don't want to be there anymore. And I know that might sound rudimentary or obvious, but it was meant to be rudimentary and obvious. Because if if getting out is going to take work, and it will, sometimes easier than others, then I need to not want to be there anymore. Because if any part of me is willing to settle for the stagnation or the rut or deny that it's really there or minimize, right? (laughs) We are like masters of that. We rationalize, we minimize, and we deny. So I have to say I am in a rut. I don't like what it's doing to me and to others. And I want to get out of the rut. That's number one. Decide we do not want to be there anymore. Then, the next thing to do, and here's where the work starts to get in. We need to take our own inventory in the four dimensions. That's the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. Let's take a look at where we're at in these areas in our personal growth and development. Again, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. If if you find it is more than one dimension, my suggestion is that you focus on the one that will likely influence the other. Very often, certain things, especially in the dimensions, will piggyback off of another. If I'm not getting enough rest, I have a tendency to be more emotional. If if my spiritual connection with my higher power is not deriving um, or driving power in me, it might wear me down mentally, right? Um, if I am too emotional and I'm not thinking of things rationally, maybe because I am tired, but if I am too emotional, then I'm not having a mental or an intellectual response to a particular thing. So you can see the connection there. So again, look at those four areas. If you find that it's more than one, focus on the one that it will likely influence the other. And this is really important because Even in my drinking and using, you know, when I came into recovery, my first 12-step meeting was Gamblers Anonymous. I was living in Las Vegas at the time, and my life was just a jackpot of a mess. And I thought I could go to Gamblers Anonymous, and and, uh, and I would be okay. Well, things got worse rather quickly, uh, but I am so glad and grateful for GA. Um, I no longer gamble, which is pretty cool. Uh, Not that... uh, Gambling's bad per se, but if it leads to other things, then you probably should take a look at it, right? So I went there first, and then subsequently I ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous. I was also a drug addict. I was a compulsive overeater, and I had become bulimic. So I even went to uh, Overeaters Anonymous. And along the way, I became addicted to pornography. And so I was really a mixed bag. 
what I did though was I, I just focused on AA and I went there and I touched the other areas, meetings every now and then, but I found out that my, my alcohol consumption and my sideways lifestyle as a result of all of the psychological uh, conditions that set up all that drinking, I was able to solve it on a central basis and all the other things just sort of fell into place and got well and fell off after that. So I got well in all those areas. So take a look at that. Number three, it's often very helpful to bring in a trusted person who can help you stay objective. It's very important because some of the things we might not want to look at, some of the things we might not want to admit, but if there's another person who has demonstrated caring in our life, you know, that person who we know that when they tell us it's this or it's that, or they've observed this or they observed that, we know that they're only saying it because they care for us in the manner that we desire to be cared for. So don't be afraid to bring in that person. Matter of fact, sometimes the sooner we bring them in, the quicker we get to uh, our objectivity and the quicker we can put a plan in place. Then once we do that and we've looked at the, uh, the dimensions We've helped someone, um, we, we've had someone come in who's going to help us be objective. Then we're going to put together a, a course of action and just lay it out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I know I don't feel like this, but I'm going to go do that anyway. Uh, if we have to make amends along the way, we certainly do that as well. But we put together a course of action. Then, right, what good is a course of action if we don't follow the course? You know, you, you make a plan and then you work the plan. Just like goals, right? You set these goals down, what you want to do, and you incrementally break them down so you can accomplish them one bit at a time to achieve the larger goal. But until we write them down, until we go to put them into play, they're not going to jump off the paper and work themselves. Again, this, this whole thing does not occur through osmosis. Recovery happens to people who work their recovery. And then finally, number six, I suggest that you monitor your progress and then make adjustments moving forward. Very critical to pay attention to what we're doing because if we got there once, we can get there again. And we, we don't want to have our life be like Mr. Toad's wild ride. We want to be consistent for ourselves and the service we provide to others. And whether that's our significant other or our children or employer or people we work with in our recovery flow. So we monitor the progress. I really think that if you want resolve, if you find yourself stagnated, many of us have gotten there. I really think that if you follow these steps to the best of your ability, you will find success. So let's go back over real quick. Stagnation is the state of being still or not moving like a, a puddle of water. And we all know that if, if a pond 
doesn't have an outlet, the likelihood is the water came in good, but it's not going to stay good. It will become undrinkable. Stagnation refers to the failure to find a way to contribute. It might lead us to be feeling disconnected or uninvolved. It will often lead to us getting in a rut, which is a, a habit or a pattern of behavior that has caused us to become dull and unproductive. And then we get out of it. And we reverse the stagnation when we decide we don't want to be there anymore. We take our own inventory in the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. We bring in a trusted person who can help us stay objective. We put together a course of action. We follow the course, and then we monitor our progress while making adjustments moving forward. I hope this helped. I love to cover material because it helps me as well. Because we get well together. My name is Robert. I'm the recovery guy. This has been Thursday's The Checkup. I am so glad that you joined me. Let us help others get the help they need so we can help ourselves. Have a great day. Thank you for joining the broadcast. I was trying to do everything.